Hello, welcome to more of the Richard Herring podcast feed, powered by Acast Plus. Uh, hope you're enjoying all these tour podcasts. There is still a chance to catch some, though they're selling out very fast. Uh, we, in fact, Sheffield on the 7th of March sold out. Uh, but check the theatre website for returns. Uh, Monday, the 11th of March, Adam Buxton and Lemsis A in the Leicester Square Theatre sold out. But you can get tickets for the Warwick Arts Centre, where I'm talking to Lindsay Santoro and the Exploding Heads internet phenomenon, and at Bedford on the 21st, where I'm talking to Olaf Falafel and my old friend Al Murray. I'm at Glasgow uh, on the 27th of March, sold out, Susie McCabe and Fred McCauley, and then at Hull on the 28th of March with Tommy Cannon and Bob Morton. Uh, there are three tickets left as I talk to you so get there quick if you want to come and see that also this richardherring.com slash come and see me on tour doing stand-up for the first time in six years richardherring.com slash ballback coming lots of places around England and some places in Scotland uh, and that's about it for the moment all right sit back relax and enjoy rahalastapa normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hello, Norwich! And now, from Norwich, it's the podcast of the week. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Thank you very much. Hello. Oh, oh you're much better than last week's audience already. <laughs> Was anyone in last week? Yeah, it's a bit unfair just to make you pay twice to come. But there we go. Thank, thanks for coming again. Uh, welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Lashing Storms and Tempests podcast. Hasn't been that bad, has it? It hasn't been, hasn't been that bad here in Norwich. Uh, for people at home, there was some, there was some mild weather uh, during the recording. This I was worried whether I'd get home again. I don't want to spend two nights in Norwich. <laughs> One's enough. Uh, I was hanging out on Herring Bridge in Great Yarmouth. Uh, I've not been asked to go and open that. I'm quite offended. It's named after me. Uh, and, uh, and some herring fishermen said they call it Rahalastapa. I don't know if that's going to... It's great Yarmouth. Uh, I'd, I'd call it just about passable Yarmouth. I've, I've been there quite recently. We were looking for a restaurant. And Domino's was the best. Uh, we got a, that was the best. We ate it in the car. Um, <laughs> And escaped. It's very, what a lovely, lovely. Thank you, Great Yarmouth, for uh, 
naming the bridge after me, even though you claim you didn't. You know you did. Uh, I've got some, uh, I've got some, uh, oh, let's, I've got some, uh, not, I'll do this because this is important uh, for next week's show. Um, I, uh, I always like to check the news, uh, the Norwich Evening News, what a fine uh, paper. <laughs> Fine, that is. And the, and the big news is Halloween, uh, as we've just gone Halloween, and the main headline is Child's Pumpkin Smashed by Yobs <laughs> on Eve of Halloween. That was in Costa C. Is that how you say Costa C? Whoa, fuck no. <laughs> how do you say it? Cossie. Cossie, okay. What? There's a fucking T and E, Dad. <laughs> Uh, and it's, uh, the mum's very upset. Some little kids have made some pumpkins. And some 11-year-olds have come and stamped on them. I mean, it's not... It's Halloween, right? Fucking hell, it's trick, and, trick or treat. You did it. Oh, you, oh you're the mum. Are you the mum? I've just come to try and get over the trauma. Come all the way from Cossie. Um, anyway, good. Uh, uh, and I've looked up some Norwich facts. Norwich Cathedral has the second tallest spire and second largest cloisters in England of any... Uh, cathedral. Close, isn't it? Bad luck. <laughs> Knock it down, try again, guys. See, I nearly got them. <laughs> nearly got there. Uh, I'll save that one for next week. Uh, okay, that's good. Save that news story for next week. Is that really hard? Yeah, that, I've been working all day in Costa and uh, in uh, Cafe Nero and pret manger That's all I've got for you. Is there... Uh, it's too much doing four podcasts in, two, in, two, in four weeks. Uh, in four, four, four different weeks. Look, we've got a fantastic guest, so I'm going to uh, crack straight on. Uh, you're going to really enjoy this, this double bill. I can tell you that right now if you hang around until next week. Um, he's probably best known for playing Mr. Farley in Time, Gentlemen, Please. Time, Gentlemen, Please, a show that I wrote and I don't remember him being in. Will you... <laughs> Will you please remember, will you please welcome Jeff Innocent, ladies and gentlemen. It's Jeff Innocent. Here he comes. Mr. Farley. There's a mic there. Grab a mic. There we go. Thank Terrific. you very much. Hello, Norwich. Jeff Innocent. Do you remember playing Mr. Farley in Time, Gentlemen, Please, Jeff? I don't remember that. No, I don't remember either. Do you think you did? Definitely. Are you sure that's me? Uh, well, it's, your dad, it's on your IMDb page. I vaguely remember. I think Jeffrey Whitehead is a... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I remember what, that episode. You're... That's a very early credit there, though. Yeah, it is, you know, yeah. I've got some more. <laughs> you have. You've got so, you have got some amazing things. You played... I mean, I feel this is a bit offensive. You played Bald Friend in Mean Machine. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get that part? Uh, yeah, I keep revisiting that one as well, old friend. My favourite one, have you got Cakey Crumb, the mm. Cockney storeholder in um, Time... Uh, no, call, no. Them, call the Midwife. Call the Midwife, that was a great one, that was. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to see Call the Midwife on your CD, yeah, I have but, to say. Yeah. Me, I think you're probably the only person who's in Mean Machine and Call the Midwife. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was one of those ones where what, what happens when you're not an actor and you're a stand-up comedian you go and do bits of acting that's when you start bumping into very famous people but you can't start going oh look at you it's, it's, uh, it's you you have to carry on as if you're all, all equals but it's very hard and Jenny Agatha was in oh, that wow. episode oh wow yeah bloody hell and uh, uh, yeah <laughs> well exactly <laughs> and, and, when, and we all when, when they call for lunch all the extras go off somewhere else and all the the talent, as they called it, go into a small room. So I was sitting here with, with Jenny Agatha and uh, having lunch, and she was making phone calls, ordering some dress she was going to 
compare the last night of the proms. It's very wow. posh. Yeah. And I was texting all my friends and going, I've got Jenny Agate. And they're going, get her to do the bar, the shower scene in, <laughs> yeah, in America. Where <laughs> but yeah, so it's amazing. You can't go, you're fucking Jenny Agate, but you have to make out you're all on the same level, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. I saw Jenny Agata in the BBC canteen in about 1990 and I genuinely went weak at the knees. Uh, and, then, and then I did a joke about saying it's probably just a muscle memory of all the time I saw the shower scene in American World of London. <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologise, it's, it's actually raining in the, in the venue at the moment. I don't know if you've spotted that. Oh, yeah. It's not hit us yet, but uh, it's... You know, I mean, it's encouraging, isn't it? Wouldn't get that yeah, in Twitch. Well, quite a lot of theatres have closed because the roofs are about to collapse. So I'm... I'm a, I wonder if anyone's checked this one. Uh, and whether, if we go together, bury us together, me, me and Jeff What do you say? Are you just talking amongst yourselves? Have to, have to you know, be brave, heckle and be brave and say it again if you missed it. Um, well, look, Jeff, I've known you for a while and I've, I've been a fan of your son. You've been going for quite a while, but you started stand-up quite late. Uh, yeah. you, did a, you did a few... Uh, jobs beforehand. Uh, what, what I love about your stand-up is, and I, think, and I was talking to Stuart Goldsmith, I think, in, in his episode about this, about you, is that, you know, the, you come on and you present something that people make an assumption about you, and then that assumption mm-hmm. is quickly overturned, but you play around with that, and it's quite good yeah, fun. Yeah, I do. It's a lot of fun, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of fun looking one way, but actually being another. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, in fact, my whole act probably hangs on that, <laughs> that idea. Actually, yeah, but, but yeah, you, I was forty-one when I started. Yeah, but you do, you know, you are an East End guy. Oh so yeah, you, I you look a, like an authentic, guy. authentic Cockney. <laughs> and your family had, you know, some associations Certainly, with, yeah. with yeah. what Although people. My mum, who's still alive, despite my best wishes, and uh, <laughs> she's like sort of Vera Lynn. She's one of those old, born during the war, never going to die kind of people. <laughs> And, and I did an interview where I talked about my family and how they earned a living, and she told me off for being a grass. <laughs> and so I'm not really allowed to say anything. I can talk around it. So the last time I spoke about my family, I called them entrepreneurs. And I, just, <laughs> I just hoped that everyone would have worked that out, yeah. you know? But she really told me off. Yeah, um, okay, well, that's so, good. So, yeah, my, my, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. You have to have a code, you have to have a code. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you didn't go into that business, or, or, or certainly no, you left... No, I, uh, I think I was a bit arty. Yeah. Well, certainly in my family I was a bit arty, and, and uh, so I went to university and, and went in another direction. Yeah. Um, which was good, really, yeah, yeah. I'm pleased. I'm you not said- saying I've... You know, I don't want people to take liberties with me, though. <laughs> but I've had my scrapes, yeah. uh, you know, but, but it's all worked out okay. I mean, you said history and philosophy. Uh, I did, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, again, people might but, not be expecting that at, yeah, <laughs> at gigs. But, so, but you've got all the info to back it up, you know. Yeah, it's true, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And that, but that was still in the, uni- at the University of East London, so I still stayed on my manor, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> And you had some other. I mean, again, you worked as a, you worked in uh, oh, Carnaby well, that's Street against type as well. But yeah. I when I first actually I used to come to Norwich. I worked I, when I first left school. I trained. I did an apprenticeship to be a window dresser in men's fashion, and that would have been about seventy two until right. about seventy one until eighty five. And um, used to work at Kings Road, Carnaby Street in the early seventies, and I also. Travelled the country, you know, Norwich and uh, 
places like that, dressing windows. Um, yeah. So I don't look like a window dresser. You don't. It's, but, it's, but, but then I haven't always looked like this as well. I, there was a period where I was skinny and a did kid you ha- and did you have had hair? long hair. Yeah, long well, hair, yeah. Well, long hair. In fact, I, I looked a bit like Danny Kaye when I was uh, <laughs> you? Yeah. yeah, I can see yeah, that. No one knows who the fuck Danny Kaye is. <laughs> I, can see, I can see it. I can see a bit of Danny Kaye in you now. Well, I've no, looked like different people. I looked like Danny Kaye. I looked like Rod Stewart for a while in the early 70s. Yeah, I can see that too. Then I went through a Kojak period. <laughs> And then more recently, I was described as a Jewish-looking Bruce Willis. <laughs> I know. It's I mean, good. How specific it's really is that? It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and look, you've been doing stand-up on the circuit for, like, a quarter of a century, a bit more than a quarter of a Certainly, century. Certainly, yeah, yeah, about 26 years, yeah. I would say. But yeah. you started late. You were 41 when you started. Yeah. I was yeah. saying to you backstage, I think, like, you, you know, you started a bit later, but, like, when I was starting... You would have fitted bang in with that crowd. I think yeah, you I always cause... wanted to be... I always saw myself as part of that tradition, uh, Alexi, yeah. Joe Brand, that whole alternative comedy thing. Yeah. But I didn't start until, uh, you know, mid-90s. So all that was really finished by then. Yeah. And it had become more mainstream. There were jonglers, that chain of comedy clubs. Uh, and it was a different thing. But I still, still went into it with that... Uh, slightly would have been an old-fashioned alternative ethos, yes. which I struggled with at first, um, but I've, I managed to find my way back to that, I think, yeah. more recently, because comedy, you know, comedy clubs are not like late night uh, 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 nightclubs as they became when I started. So uh, I've, I've stuck with my guns and it's all worked out okay, I think. Yeah, so. and what's fascinating as well, especially to anyone who's known you for a while, is now you've got this new generation of fans as a result of being on social media. And well, it's like expl- a remarkable it's exploded, thing. right? So tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, that's a really remarkable thing. And I wonder, I mean, I don't know what percentage of this audience are familiar with me on Instagram, but what happened is a young comedian that I'm friends with, he said, let's put some clips out on Instagram and see what happens. And it just exploded and I became a, an overnight internet sensation <laughs> after doing comedy for 26 years. <laughs> And I wasn't exactly, I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't anonymous as such. I used to, you know, if I went into the West End, people would go, oh, you're Jeff Finneson. But now I would say, I mean, I don't even have to leave the house. Um, <laughs> well, how about it? I mean, you know, a, a, a bailiff knocked. <laughs> no, seriously. You see, here's the thing. I've got the fame, but I haven't got the money. I mean, <laughs> so I'm still having to deal with bailiffs, even though I'm a famous person. Yeah. And I think what it is, as I said to you before, I think... I think in the past, people would become famous gradually. So I'd be on EastEnders for a year, become famous, would have earned a few bob, moved out to Essex or something. Whereas I've become famous overnight. There's no money involved yet, (laughs) but there's a lot of fame. And and a bailiff knocked on the door and uh, for some unpaid council tax. And I opened the door, and actually I was just about to have a go at him because who likes bailiffs, you know? And he was dressed like a cop, you know, those bailiffs that dress up like coppers so that you think, oh, it's the police. And I was just going about to coat him off for, for doing that. <laughs> Which I can't do any of that anymore now that I'm famous. I can't <laughs> kick off in public. Can't do any of that. You know, if someone treads on my toenail, I've got to let it go in case the cameras are up. So I was just about to go, oh, look at you. He went, you're that comedian, aren't you? So... I don't even have to leave the house. Uh, I still have, <laughs> still have to pay the money. <laughs> but it's, a, it's very weird. But it's, it takes some getting used to, actually, because it's suddenly being famous. Within a month on Instagram, it went from about 4,000 followers to uh, over 100,000. Wow. And that's an instant audience. Yeah. Um, 
So everywhere I go, but people don't care, do they? You'd be on a packed tube train. Oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. I must have a selfie. And they push through crowds of people to get you to do a selfie. So it's, ta- it's taken some getting used to. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're, you're pretty recognisable as well. I mean, yeah, there is, though. It's a very strong, you know, you've got a very strong image, which really works for a stand-up. And uh, I was interviewing Adam Bloom. I think he might have even talked about you in his book as well, but he's written a book about how important... Uh, Im- you know, sure. had the images. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the lucky that, I yeah. I'm lucky with that, I guess. I'm lucky with that. And I've always been an older comic in a, in yeah. a younger comics environment. But, uh, yeah, I get recognised a lot and, and people um, people say, Bruce! <laughs> <laughs> Why are they, Bruce? Why are they? <laughs> sure, my dad's Jewish, I can do that. <laughs> so, you, so you get worried, you got worried then, didn't you? <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but um, <laughs> so I, 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 okay, wanted to, I, I wanted to talk to you about the um, uh, about you, you do uh, like you still teaching stand up? Yeah, I do. Sort of, yeah, um, yeah I, I run these comedy courses, which I've had to stop now because I've got a bit too famous for that. Right. Um, and I really enjoy doing that. And and uh, you know, I think what it is is it took me a lot of years to work out how to do stand up comedy properly. And I figured that if I ran a comedy course, I could save people a lot of years. Yeah. Uh, and it's worked out okay. I haven't had anyone famous from my courses yet, but you never know. But it's a lovely thing to do, a stand-up comedy course, even if you're not going to become a comedian. It's a, it's a great experience, and I really enjoy it. Doing that, so, yeah, because yeah. you 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 were gifted right for your fortieth birthday. This is why you sort That's of moved. Exactly yeah, yeah, so you're that gifted was a... my birthday present, a stand-up comedy course with Tony Allen. It's amazing. Who you you probably yeah, know, do, but yeah. he was the uh, Tony Allen was one of the first people. He was like an architect of alternative stand-up comedy in the late seventies, or they called it uh, comedy cabaret or alternative cabaret in those yeah. days. I don't know if you were exactly there yourself. No, I wasn't there. there. No, but, I, you know, I, yeah, that's, that's in the history books for me. Okay, but, uh, yeah. yeah, it was about 10 um, years before. Me. So I did a comedy course and, uh, yeah, so, so it's, yeah, yeah, I really enjoy doing that. Yeah, that's great. That's good to, pass, that. good to pass. But, yeah, I did the window dressing, first yeah. of all. And then I went to, what have you got down there? Well, anyway? you were a DJ uh, yeah. popularising. Well, I've always been a DJ. Yeah. Always, uh, Jamaican music's always been my big... Yeah. Thing from when I was about fourteen, I was a skinhead in the <laughs> in the late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I said? That thinking you might go. Oh, really? <laughs> you're going. Oh, really? It's the same, isn't it? But yeah, I forget. Um, I have had different hairstyles since then. <laughs> yes. Um, but I was a skinhead, and that whole. I mean, I I was at that age, fourteen, nineteen sixty nine, or whenever it was, I, where where reggae just really hit in Britain, and that whole. Uh, skinhead subculture, Jamaican music. Um, it, it was just a fantastic thing for me. Yeah. And I've just stuck with that, really, as yeah. well, and, and being a DJ. That's actually why I'm deaf. Um, I do do a joke, because I wear hearing aids. I do, I do do a joke that I'm deaf because my wife's Nigerian. <laughs> Come on, white people, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to see if it's white people. It's Norwich. <laughs> Diversity. <laughs> and um, and when I when I eventually went to sort my, my ears out, the uh, audiologist said, "Have you been? Have you ever listened to any loud music for any length of time?" And there, I thought, there it is, straight away. So, yeah. so, but so, well, diversity made me deaf. So, <laughs> you're right to avoid it, Norris. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What they do. <laughs> but again, that's you know that that's what you play, and you play. Uh, 
at a time where people are, you know, are like a bit. It's, it's interesting to see an audience reaction just to even mentioning anything to do with race, especially as, you, as looking yeah, like yeah, you yeah. do. It kind of creates this. Yeah, yeah. It creates this disconnect, and then you know, and, and the wonderful thing is, of course, that you play around with that, and uh, sure. and again, you come from, you know, it's it's a it, people are making a judgment about you, which I think is what's wonderful about it sure, because sure. you know, right, they're, they're thinking you're being prejudiced, where in fact sure. they're being prejudiced. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. so it's but you're, as you say, you're married to uh, a black a black woman. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I always have been. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, just come from that that sort of multicultural environment where. Well, actually, there aren't any white women where I live, so um, <laughs> I haven't really got any choice. But well, actually, my ex-wife is Nigerian. My present wife is from Sierra Leone. So okay. there you go. I'm work, working my way around the West African yeah, nice. coast. Any Cameroonians in? <laughs> but I think what happens is you, you know, uh, without oh god, this might sound pretentious, but you. Anyone who, it's a bit like if you've got an Italian partner or a Greek partner, there's certain aspects of their culture that become aspects of yours. So, so the next time you go to the next partner, you're, you're going to be looking for some of those similar things. Does yeah. that make sense? It does make sense. And, yeah. and you know, you, I, was, I found it interesting watching clips of you that, like, sometimes you're dressed, you know, in a way that people might expect to be dressed, and sometimes you're dressed in a sort of West yeah. African top. Yeah, well, I do wear those clothes, yeah. you know, at functions and weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought, oh, let's just... Let's just see what that, how that works on stage. Yeah, I think it's, but I think it's interesting because it does slightly change the act, I think, as it well. It certainly does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, if my, if my act sort of depends on me being unexpected and not being how I look, yeah. if I walk on wearing a African, big African shirt, then it loses some of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it does, but, but you know, but it still. I mean, it still works. But it yeah, is interesting sure. because, like, I feel you know. Is, how, have you found that the audiences sometimes still don't get it and still don't hear it? They, you know, they, because of their presumption. You, you oh, describe even if yourself I'm as, an African shirt. Well, you know, you, you describe yourself as the most. What, 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 what do you say? The most the racist, most racist-looking looking comedian. comedian. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not my strap line. <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it. There's more Can to it than imagine that. that being on the poster. Hey, come and see the most racist-looking comedian on the circuit. Hey, full up with UKIP people queuing up. EDL all in the queue. We can't wait to see him. Hey, people from Ipswich. Yeah, well, they'd have to get someone else to read the poster for them, obviously. Come on. I know where I am, mate. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but do people... Sorry, I didn't mean to do any of it. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You can't help it, can you? <laughs> you can't help it. can't help it. <laughs> do people not hear the... Because obviously the most racist uh, looking and you're I, not racist. I've do, do had... Well, I mean, uh, you, you, people just don't hear lots of stuff. I got attacked on stage by these three white women... And uh, like middle class young student women who were drunk as well, yeah. And they just decided they thought I was racist, and they actually physically attacked me on the stage. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. What can you do? No, not, well, not a lot. Did it, it, I've done Krav Maga for about twenty years, so I had a couple of little moves to fend them off, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then, and then, how about? I mean, it just shows you how. I forget just how racist or backward people are politically. Even last week, I mean, this is quite amazing, actually. A, a polar opposite to being accused of being racist. I had a guy come up to me 
and said afterwards, he was a bit drunk and he came up towards me as I was standing outside and he went, you're a race traitor, you are. Can't even marry your own kind. You can't oh, even God. believe that this, these ideas are still going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so I get interpreted in, in different ways, but very rarely. You know, yeah. I, I mean, you don't really want to be, keep being misinterpreted, otherwise you're not, you're not doing your job properly, are you? No. If, if they, it's a bit like with Johnny Spate with Alf Garnett. There was a point where I thought, I think you're allowing this to go on a bit too much, you know. Yeah. If the audience are misinterpreting, it's down to you to make sure they understand. I think Al Murray had that for a while, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. A difficult, it's a difficult line to, to sure. tread. And, you know, and, 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 yeah, exactly. I wouldn't want to take away... When you watch... I mean, people, if they haven't seen you, there's lots of clips online and on, on Instagram. Sure. Uh, and, that, and the reason I think it works is because these are absolutely solid, fantastic jokes. So there's Thank a surprise... You. you know, there's surprises... Um, but they're proper jokes that will make... Sure. You know, I was watching Thank it in Pret-a-Manger today and just laughing and everyone was looking at... With my headphones on, I'm not, I'm not insane. <laughs> but, but, you know, that makes you look worse because you just suddenly go, ah! You know, you're suddenly laughing. And so I look mad, but, yeah, but it's, it's properly funny. And, you know, for another comedian to, to be actually laughing yeah, out loud... Yeah, thank you very much. Is, 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 a, ...is a great thing, I think, to, you know, to be able thank to still you. be able to do. But that's, you know, that's what's fascinating that you've had all those years and I think everyone the circuit... You've, got, you've won awards... You were the great British comedian sure. of the year, which again sounds like quite a racist thing to yeah. be. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, uh, it was just called the British. Oh, the British comedian. Yeah, but yeah. even so, slightly uh, less racist. <laughs> At least it wasn't the English comedian of the year, and there is one of those. <laughs> you may have won that as well. Uh, comedians, comedian. You've, you know, the, the comedian. Yeah, yeah, you know, sure. you've, you've been recognised. Yeah, I've the had industry. peer respect yeah. and, and uh, appreciation, uh, and, and uh, a living. Um, yeah. But this, uh, yeah, this is a very sudden. New thing. Like, just, because, I mean, it's the an over. It's taken me twenty six years to become an overnight success. Yeah. But exactly also to that. be to for social media to work for you know, and you're in your late sixties. You do not look like you're in your late sixties, sure. but you're in your late sixties for yeah. that. Uh, for that to work. Well, for there you, is that as well yeah. because I'm getting a younger audience coming to my shows. Sure, and I'm you know, I, and obviously it's because of that, isn't it? Yeah, I keep thinking, where are my age group? <laughs> They're all dead. Jim. Yeah, that is exactly. Uh, Especially the East yeah. Ender ones. <laughs> well, <laughs> just... they don't know how to work the internet, that's for sure. <laughs> they <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't want to diss Norwich, because, you know, there is a... Let's diss-diss instead, shall we? But, that's, uh, <laughs> but when, I, when I, you know, talking about being old-fashioned, so I got in the cab, got in the cab from the station, and I said, um, it's all right if I use a card. He went, no, I'd rather have cash. There's, there's my first step back into the 1970s. <laughs> I said, do you want me to go and get some cash for you? He went, yeah, get in. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe you do take a card. Then he drove me to a cash point, <laughs> which didn't fucking work. <laughs> and then he took me to the Norwich Art Centre rather than the Playhouse. <laughs> and I, he said, look, you can... And then, but here was the beauty of it, and this was typical Norwich. He went, ah, you can have that one on me. <laughs> So I said, well, I said, uh, do you, you, you want to, you, you can watch me if you want, you know, just so you know, you've had a little bit of a celebrity in the back of the cab as, a, as some way of um, giving something back. I said, uh, are you, are you got, you're on Instagram? He went, no. And I thought, okay. I said, well, what about YouTube? He went, no, never been on it. <laughs> Who's never been on YouTube? <laughs> Who, I mean, how beautiful is that? Um, it's and amazing. He, and he was happy with that. He was happy. <laughs> It, but again, that's you know, that's a disconnect in the world, and I love you know, I, I love that the, there are still cab drivers who are refusing yeah, yeah. to because nobody yeah, carries refuse. cash around. with hardly anyone carries cash around with them. But then just say, oh, well, you can have that one on me. <laughs> it's, just... not, it's more hassle taking yeah, the card yeah, payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And it's going to cost me. It was cost them like fifty yeah. p to take yeah. their thing. Yeah, so. fantastic. But so, yeah, you know, but you have to you have to move for the times, Jeff. And again, that's something you've you've navigated. Yeah. I think like to have a to have a, a career that's lasted this long, you have to you'll have had to navigate yeah. a little bit with with the way comedy's changed. I mean, you were, I think again, you were always very right on. I have to say. Because you are more like that. that yeah, I mean, it's ages. funny because I come from an old-fashioned now, a very old-fashioned left-wing tradition of, yeah. as we would say, anti-racist, anti-sexist, anti-homophobic. But the modern woke tradition, to I me, mean, is a little bit lightweight. So I haven't, I haven't got problems with that. In fact, <laughs> I was having an argument with one of my grandchildren. They were accusing me of being racist, right? Because I wasn't prepared to, to pronounce Genghis Khan's name correctly, <laughs> which is Genghis, apparently. Yeah. So I said, oh, who cares about his name? Well, no, that's really racist, Grandad. You're not getting the name right. I went, he killed fucking... <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? He actually killed 11% of the world's population. <laughs> and that's the problem with woke policy. They're not interested in that. It's getting the fucking name right. Yeah. So I think there's a, it's about priorities, isn't it? It as is. Well. <laughs> Jingus. Jingus. But that's that's where you, that's where you having this this you know philosophy and history yeah. MA isn't it so yeah yeah well, know, B A like, and MA yeah yeah actually, so yeah. it's <laughs> and I did some part time lecturing as well I was, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean but, it's it's but it's great when I suppose that's <laughs> it's great when a, I think most comedians are, you know even if comedians didn't go to university they're they're clever people. yeah I think they're, you have to be clever, clever to do. Yeah. Comedy, don't you? And you need to know, you need to yeah. be able to do, know do what you do and, and just be able to pull those sure, facts. Sure. But it's just great when, when that happens. I suppose that's what, you know, Al does that within his, when, when he, that's the, that's the smart thing about it. his act, I think, is that... Al you know, Murray, he, yeah, he's yeah, very the, good on that the, history. Yeah, the history uh, Information, and he yeah. plays with that very well, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. So, yeah. Yeah, but he's the master of that, actually. He yeah. is, yeah, yeah. He's, he's terrific. And, you know, we've, we've all worked together on Time Gentlemen, please, apparently. So, uh, it's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you. I'll see if I've got any philosophical emergency questions for oh, you. Oh no! Um, Are we running out of time now? No, no, we're not running out of time. But I just, I'm just, um, we've got, we've got plenty to go. But people like to hear the emergency questions. Am I allowed to say I'm doing a tour and people? Yeah, are well, I was, to going to, I was going to talk about because my agent will say, but I don't know when this comes out, so we'll put it out in time for the tour. Okay, January. Yeah. Okay. No. I'm, I'm saying that I don't know if I'm coming to Norwich though, so maybe I shouldn't say it now. Yeah. Ips, are you going, going to Ipswich? Oh, Lower stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just everywhere around. Well, have they got theatres there now? <laughs> we, we used to play Lower stuff. In a barn, stuff. mate. In a barn in Ipswich. The comedy barn. We used to do like... Three, Lee and Herring, in the early days, we did like four East Anglian gigs, I would say. We did really? Lower stuff. Okay. Don't, don't forget Great Yarmouth. There was somewhere else we did on the, on the north of East Anglia. Norwich, um, Ipswich sometimes. Yeah, so we was like, you know, we loved it down here. I wish they felt the same about us. I don't know. Um, oh, Jeff. no. I'm a, the last time I did a gig in, in Norfolk... Yeah. Is, this is Norfolk, isn't it? <laughs> well. <laughs> You're doing so well with the That's local knowledge, Jeff. I don't know, can <laughs> I, let me, I know exactly what happened. I don't know where it was. It was like a, it was like a small town, a village even, a pub, like a village pub. There's a lot of these gigs now in village pubs, which are really good. And I'll tell you how long ago it was. Sat-navs were quite new. And we still didn't trust them. Does anyone remember when we didn't? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So I, um, it's very easy to get lost in Norfolk. Is it fair? Am I fair? There's not a lot of big motorways. You, you go off and you just... So I got, I got to the venue and I said to the other comedian, I'm a bit worried about 
getting out and getting back on the motorway. He went, don't worry, I've got a sat-nav. I went, oh. He went, no, no, they're great. He said, I'll meet you outside, follow me, and I, I will lead you back onto the motorway. So I waited outside, it was raining. He turned up, he came up close, he went like that through the window of his car. And he drove off and I followed him. And it, we just seemed to be getting further and further into the countryside. <laughs> and I thought, oh, it's the sat-nav. You know, I thought these sat-navs, it's the devil's work. And then he, he drove off to some sort of country lane that led up to a building. I thought, this cannot be right. So he pulled up and stopped. When he got out, it wasn't the bloke that I was supposed to be. Just... It was, he must have been in the audience, you know. <laughs> and, and it was dark and it was raining. Because he went like that, I thought, OK, all systems go, you know that? <laughs> go, go, go. I mean, the fact that it was a Land Rover should have been a they bit of a clue. Comedian. But you know, what, what happened to me, when, I, when he got out, I thought, hold on, this isn't a bloke. And he must know I'm following him. <laughs> I really got out of there quick. Because you know what these people are like. They've all got shotguns Shotgun. in their barn. <laughs> <laughs> it would be terrifying, if, especially with you following yeah, him. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. It, was a, it was a really weird one, that was. It was I didn't even heckle this guy's coming for me. I find my way back and everything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So t- <laughs> tell us about the tour. Let's talk about the tour first. Okay. So uh, it's, it, is this, it's, uh, it's uh, called the Smart Casual Tour, right? It's called Smart Casual. Yeah. Just because that's, yeah, I mean, that's just quite, I mean, it, one good, of my jokes good. is about looking Smart Casual. Yeah. Um, and, and what we're doing is we're doing 20 dates up till April, then we're not doing anything for the summer, and then we're going again from September right. all over the country. But I, I don't know why I'm, I shouldn't have brought that up because I don't think we're doing Norwich. And You'll do I feel eventually. bad now. They don't but, care. Okay. 
But this is a whole new venture for me because I've yeah. never, ever gone on a tour where it's me, you know? Yeah. I'm just always been... I'm a, I'm a comedy club guy. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's quite exciting. I'm going to have a support act yeah. as well. So I'm really excited about it, actually. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you know, it's great. I, I love the way that, that the internet is making different stars out of people, yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, so you can bypass that. You know, because I think, weirdly, it, it is sort of strange that, um, you know, with all, the, with all diversity and, and, and things improving a lot, you know, in, in lots of ways, I think, for women and for ethnic sure. acts, that I think there's a, still a class... Bias, I think it's, but you know, although there are some big working class comedians, yeah, I, I think class or an, an underprivilege, yeah, you know, it doesn't get mentioned in the debates about diversity, no. and um, often, you know, there's a there's a big uh, movement in stand up comedy to be inclusive and to be diverse, and I totally embrace that and get that, but no one ever mentions poor comedians like me no. who have the fucking bailiff <laughs> knocking on their door. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's a good point. Actually. It is a good point. And yeah. I think I was thinking about what was interesting about the, the, uh, the late 80s and early 90s was you would get a broad range of different... It wasn't very diverse in terms of there weren't many women and there weren't many ethnic actors, yeah. but there was a broad range of jobs, right? So, like, you would do a gig, there'd be someone from the docks, there'd be Parrot from Glasgow, and there'd be I Ivor Dembino, who yes, was a lawyer, course, yeah. you know, and there'd be all sorts of different jobs. But then it became very much like, and I may be partly to blame for this, University educated pricks. It did. Uh, it's true. And then it became all that. You know, when me and Stu were on the circuit, there was there were definitely were students, sure. but but there weren't. It was you felt like we went to Adelaide in '97 or something, and the group of comedians sure. went with was, I, I was mean, a diverse range point. of white men. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it's still it's still partly like that. And interestingly, I think the black comedians are the working class ones now. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's coming from. Yeah. So that's a that's an interesting an interesting change. It is, sure. but then for you to be able to, you know, to bypass all of the gatekeepers and put your stuff up, and well, people that's the great thing it. about the internet, isn't yeah. it? It's a direct relationship between you and your audience. Yeah. There are no gatekeepers. There's no one at, at uh, uh, no one at the BBC or whoever going, "You're too old" or "You're too white" yeah. or, or, or or anything. I mean, I never got the Apollo, no, um, because uh, well, obviously, I'm much too old for the Apollo, aren't I? I so guess that would have been, you know. Did you do John Maloney's show where he did the... No, no, I didn't really want to do an age-specific thing either. I I just tried to stay away from that. I transcend age. (laughs) Well, you sort of of do. But, you know, this is... It's going to be really interesting to see... Because, you know, you're saying you're getting recognised in the street all the time. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I think if you're out on tour, do you, what, what size venues are you playing? What, what have you plumped um, for? How, how, what's this This size? is 300. So yeah, I mean, this sort of size yeah. and, and upwards, I think. Some are 200, some are 500. Yeah, it's a good... But we're selling out already. Right. Which is another remarkable thing. It's almost like it's somebody else. When something happens to you suddenly, you think, this is, it's like looking at somebody else having that experience. But once I get on the tour and I'm out there, I'm sure I'll fill my boots and in enjoy it i think you really you know, will enjoy staying it staying in hotels and all <laughs> yeah. that i mean you know it's fun the it's fun the first time when you're chicks. 21 years old <laughs> it's i'm not really sh- just about the chicks for me now Richard. <laughs> it's not not about the money anymore yeah obviously the older lady nothing sleaze me. <laughs> <laughs> the older jewish lady really is <laughs> whose husband died a few years ago left him a big house yeah and a lot of money in the North London area. That's yeah. where I'm gold is green, that sort of thing. That's what you're hoping for. Vanessa Feltz is who I'm after. Yeah. Oh. 
We can sort that no, out. I have to show you. Can, I, can we talk about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is this in your emergency no, questions? Ask about Vanessa Feltz. <laughs> I've always had a thing for Vanessa Feltz. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she's so posh as well, but... But what it is is, um, I've, one of the uh, aspects of this, uh, uh, this, this newfound fame and Instagram following is I'm getting famous people following me. Right. Well, it's certainly famous to me, Louis, Louis Thoreau, oh, right, great, uh, yeah. um, uh, uh, Davina McCall. Um, uh, who's the black woman that used to do the chat show during the day? Uh, um, the, the Norwich. No, no, no. Trisha. Yeah, her, yeah, she's following me. Yeah. Carol Vorderman sent me a message the other day. Did she? But I'm only We'd using watch out, these watch people. Watch out for Carol Vorderman. It was, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> a little maths question she sent me, but... That's how um, she starts, it, no, Jeff. No, That's no, no. Well, <laughs> Just checks you up to the intellectual well, what standards. They don't know, what they don't know is I'm only using them to get to Vanessa. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> I know, I That's know. My, I'm playing the long game on Vanessa. I've been, I know Vanessa. I can, I Do you can, know, her? I can Do you know her? her? Yeah, I've done her radio show. Well, something. what I like about Vanessa is she's single now and she's stopped dating younger guys. Okay. So, um, <laughs> and she usually goes out with black guys and I usually go out with black women. I think it's time she, she dated a, a Jewish <laughs> guy. A Jewish. Well, actually, yeah, half Jew. Anyway, if yeah. it can be such a thing, yeah. Do you think you got... I mean, I, I find, uh, even if there was the opportunity, which there is not, I, I mean, just look at my front row, and uh, uh, I'm too tired after the... I'm, I just go back... I literally go back to the hotel and go to bed now. That's that. Oh, uh, no. I, you'd I'm, still, I'm, you'd still yeah, game? I would do, yeah. Well, if, not that the opportunity has <laughs> ever arisen, but I'm always prepared. Okay. With Luckily, ladies, he's, got, he's got a cab waiting for him outside. As soon as this is so, so you're safe. You're safe. I think there's something about with, uh, what type of person you are, even if you are not... I mean, you, you're sort of... It's part of how you are, and it might be dormant, um, but you're still... Ca- I think it's what you're capable of, you know, so I still leave room just in case somebody... Like Vanessa. If Vanessa can you imagine if Vanessa turned up? Yeah. At my Premier Inn. <laughs> Looking for Lenny Henry. <laughs> Write that down. That's a good gag, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding it. What, what, what we got here? Well, well, I was going to ask you, philosoph- I was going to ask you some philosophical questions. This is oh, sort of philosophical. Yeah, okay. uh, if you could go into a chrysalis and dissolve like a caterpillar and turn into anything you wanted to be. So you, you could come out as a butterfly if you want, but you can come out as anything. What would you, what would you change? I don't like that question no? very much. No. Okay, that's fine. It's a bit hippie-ish, isn't it? It is. I thought you would go for that. Uh, you got any others? More yeah, I've got, I've got any... lots more. <laughs> you got anything about boxing? Or, All right, uh... I'll ask you... I've got, I've chrysalis. Got, He's giving me chrysalis questions. I've got, I've got more. I've got about 2,000 more questions. Oh, we can wow. work our way through them all bit one by one. Uh, can I, sorry, that one doesn't work for me. I don't know why. Okay, it, that's fine. Anything else? Uh, do you fear death? No. No. No, no, don't. Even though I'm getting near to that. Yeah. That, maybe there's something that happens uh, biologically where you get used to the idea of that it's going to be happening sooner rather than later. Yeah. So, um, no, I don't really fear death, actually. I mean, you seem well. Yeah, but you never know, do you? You, do, you never do know. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that age where if I have a fall, <laughs> break the hip, go in hospital, get an infection, never see me again. I'm at that age. You are there. You, you are. You are. I'm, I'm nearly there myself, yeah. but not quite. Not quite. Um, uh, what, who's the most famous person you've ever been in a lift with? 
No one? No, I don't know. Uh... Never been in a lift? No. <laughs> <laughs> They're really good. Give them a try, Jeff. It's a new, it's a new way of getting from floor uh... to floor. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, no. That, I, mean, I mean, next year, if you yeah. ask me that question. Vanessa Phelps? Oh, uh, it'll be... I imagine she lives at the top of a penthouse oh, somewhere. Oh, make sure you get stuck in between <laughs> floors. <laughs> Right. I'll ask you this emergency question. This isn't... Well, it's a little bit of philosophical, I suppose. Uh, have you ever seen a ghost? Not knowingly. Not knowingly? You think, well, you think you might have met someone oh, you not realise. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. know, do you? That's true. Yeah, no, no. They're, they're your emergency questions, yeah. are they? I didn't say they were good. You know. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Still got, got 50, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> and, we're, and we've already done that. You've spunked the chrysalis question already. It's a good question. You have a think about it. You have a think about it. <laughs> Do you get paid for this? Do you get uh, paid? Yeah, for so amazingly. I'm in the wrong game, I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to write jokes and everything. You have to do questions. Yeah, well, it's just a chat. It's just a chat. Yeah, about cool, so man. See what yeah, comes cool. up. No, As I no, said, no, you good. know, they, they don't... I'm having I mean, a good time. Yeah. Have you ever tried to suck your own cock, Jeff? <laughs> no. No. I've got people to do that for Have me. Have you got it? Always. <laughs> people. <laughs> ring, ring. Yeah. <laughs> Send them up. Send up the cocksuckers. <laughs> we're going to have a good time. I didn't know you were sort of, did sort of that kind of knobby... Oh, yeah. That's all I do. That's all I do. Childish. I'm childish. Infantile humor. I'm childish. I'm rude. <laughs> but, you know, I can be intellectual as well. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm all over the place. <laughs> I can be giddy. I can be sensible. I can get, I can get to the heart. I can, I can open you up like a... Uh, yeah. A, cl- a clam. Well, you, you had me on the, on the back foot with a chrysalis question. Yeah, All that education gone to waste and I couldn't even answer that question. <laughs> yeah. Five years at university. Well, that's the same, the same happened to me. My granddad... What did you do at uni? I did, did history, but I just... Okay. I didn't. Where, really... where did you do it, though? I went to Oxford University. Yeah, see. Uh, and I did uh, history. But I didn't do it. I just did comedy. So all okay. I did was do acting and comedy when okay. I was there and copied other people's essays. So I okay. didn't... I, do, I read a lot of history books now... But I didn't read many history books. In fact, I got to like the last term, and I went to the library. I thought I'd better read some books, and then I found a book about that saying Rudolf Hess wasn't Rudolf Hess, and there was a different guy in Spandau. And I read that book from cover to cover. wasn't in my course, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a load of bullshit because <laughs> Rudolf Hess was Rudolf. How Hess. old were you when you went to university? Were you eighteen? I was nineteen. Yes, yeah, so I, I had um, one year off. So yeah, you were. So I was a mature student. I was yeah. thirty-two. It's very different when you're older because you see it as your last chance in life to change your circumstances yeah. and all the others are 18 and they fucking hate you didn't they yeah. uh, well, it's weird I was because... bringing my kids in that's the thing people hate about <laughs> mature students bringing your kids in and on half term to sit in the lessons but I, I, but I had a great time I loved yeah, it more I, than anything I yeah. think when you're 19 even if someone was like 23 and a mature student you yeah. think Ooh, you know, sure. you'd think you'd think that was ancient. So yeah, yeah it was. But I, I really feel that I would love to go to university. I'd love to go to Oxford University now. Oh yeah, because I would fucking work really yeah, yeah. hard and learn some stuff and do sure. well. And I just, sure. you know, in terms of academia, I kind of wasted it. But obviously, 
Well, I think it was good for it. It was good for my career. Young, they just do it because that's what their expenses do. I think eighteen is quite young. It is, but also you have to work. You know, to get to university, you have to work pretty hard. At school. And so I was a SWAT. And then the minute sure. I got away from home, it was like, oh, you know, fuck it, I'm going to have a sure. good time. Uh, I didn't manage to because I didn't know. I was too shy to talk to anyone. Did I give Oxford kids get a grant? Yeah, there, was, there were grants at the time. Yeah, my, I got a partial grant. My parents were like teachers, so they weren't rich, okay. but they were, they, they contributed. They don't get grants. So we got no. a grant. I remember I had a mortgage at the time and they, it was a Labour government then and they paid towards your mortgage yeah. if you went right. back to college. Right. What a fantastic world that was, wasn't yeah. it? Eh? It was well. Uh, when I came to London, they had the Enterprise Allowance, which I think was Thatcher. Mm. So you could set up as a business, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you would get forty pounds a week, and your rent paid. Yeah. And then anything you earned, you could keep. What a world, what a world we what used a to world. live in. And it was, you know, we rented a house for there was four of us in a house, and it was sixty pounds each a week to live in London. Mm-hmm. And so I, I earned about a hundred pounds a week, and ate baked potatoes and two pound bottles of wine. And that was my dinner. Did you take drugs in those days? No. Nah. Okay. No. Nah. I, I, I was really scared of taking drugs. I drank a lot, okay. which, which I think is probably worse. I took a lot of drugs, actually. Did you? You know, uh, uh, yeah. Um, well, I think... It, Just I think, before I you came on, though, yeah. Don't tell Vanessa that. I might get her on the Charlie, though, when I, when I meet her. Yeah. Do a bit of MDMA it, with Vanessa, have a cuddle it, it up. Was that, hey? oh, oh. There's a whole world waiting for her out there. <laughs> that mid-90s time when but you I started, think it's, it was, I think it's it was what period good. you're around it, isn't yeah. it? Uh, if you come into contact with drugs. And I, I think, I mean, even in the late 60s when I was a skinhead, there was a drug culture around skinheads. It was um, Black Bombers, which was like an amphetamine. Right. But also, we used to just, um, we were young, but we used to raid our mum's medicine cabinet just take any bottles of tablets and just take them to see what happened. So, you know, which is a bit risky. You grew breasts. Yeah, but yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it used to be black. Um, and I think, yeah, I, 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 I enjoy... I think it's that extreme experience I used to enjoy as well. But yeah. even in comedy, you know, there was a lot of cocaine around in, in the 90s. Um, people used to do it before they went on stage. and that. So I think it's... Where you're about, no, no comedians seem to take drugs or anything like that. No, they're, they're, very, they're very, very career clean. orientated as they well. They are. It has become much. Well, it's, it has become career. I think it's interesting. I, you know, I could never understand why comedians took coke because for me, being on stage and getting that buzz, was, yeah, sure. you know, then to add coke sure. to the top of that seemed sure. like an insane thing to do uh, sure. because I, you know, and I feel like performing is. Yeah, and uh, I don't like, think I actually took cocaine and performed very maybe once once or twice but but certainly when i got home yeah i i did it i think i mean i think what it was is when i started doing comedy i'd finished university as a mature student I'd, you know i got into comedy very quickly was earning a living very quickly within a year i was doing the comedy store yeah and in those days it was like being in a band you know you were earning lots of money you didn't have to do anything else so i think that's pretty much how i live my life However, I was still in my early 40s, so I was quite old to be living yeah. that lifestyle. But my girlfriend was, was considerably younger than me. Not inappropriately. <laughs> just considerably. Everyone's younger than me. I seem to be doing everything too late. Not too late, but, but past the time I should be doing but that, it. But, you know, it doesn't... You know, age, I think, once you get yeah, a certain sure, age, age doesn't matter. Sure. And it is, you know... And, and what I think is interesting about you is a lot of people who did do drugs all through the 80s and 90s have you know are now in their fifties or sixties and have kind of lost yeah, their minds a bit yeah, or yeah, you know sure. gone down what rabbit holes? You yeah. seem to have stayed very focused yeah. and sane 
Yeah, I said, yeah, for yeah. the most part. <laughs> for the yeah. most part. Which yeah. is, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because that was part of the reason that I was resistant about drugs was because I thought I don't want to fuck up my brain and I don't want to, sure. you know, I don't want to lose sure. a part of myself. Which you do see with certain, yeah, that certain has, yeah. big drug drug comedians. Yeah, de- certainly, certainly in the music business. And the music business, more, yeah. You know. But yeah. yeah, I've seen it in comedy as well. Yeah. You know, I think I always eat well and go to the gym as well. You know, I've never just given up my whole life to drugs, it's only that night or that weekend I've always been conscious of sorting myself out. So, yeah. lucky, really. That yeah. Like that. Have you have you have ever tried to write your life story? It feels like there's a book in... Um, no, I haven't, actually. No. I, I, I'm considering it. Yeah. Now that I've got a new audience that might be interested. Yeah. But I think the reason I haven't done it is because I've always seen my stand-up as the medium by which I talk about myself and my life because I'm very autobiographical yes um, uh, although having said that it's in the form of stand-up so it's it's truncated um whereas it, you know there are more options and ways to do it if i was to do it in a book so i am considering it yeah i mean i'm I, very lazy i'm not it's hard right in yeah my book. I'd, I'd rather not do anything at all i just <laughs> you know you get those people i'd rather <laughs> just go home have a spliff listen to <laughs> reggae and that's it yep and um so, so that you know, so, but I've got an agent now who phones me up every day. You doing any writing? You doing this? <laughs> Drives me crazy. But I think you need to have you need an intervention in order to to make a change. You do, well, it's no. very, and I think a lot of comedians, and again in the nineties, I think especially a lot of comedians, we get tw- we get twenty minutes and coast on that twenty minutes and not really change that twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then if you've got that and you know it works, which is fine. Sure. sure. But then you've you've got a lot of hours in the day. <laughs> Yeah, and you're you up. You're up late at night, and yeah, so it's very sure. easy to just go. You know, to sure. turn to turn to drink or turn to yeah, drugs. Yeah. And I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to get up in the morning. That's no. the thing. So, but I did enjoy that period. Yeah, I have to say, but I've sort of got older now. I mean, it's it's hard to do cocaine when you're 68. It's yeah. it is hard. I mean, it's the recovery period is horrendous. So, yeah. <laughs> so now it's just Christmas. A little bit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but here's the problem I've got. I do talk about this on the stage. At Christmas, even if I... I think the last time I took Class A drugs was last Christmas. I went to a party at the Neighbours. And, you know, I, usually I think people who take Class A drugs, they set themselves up for it. You go, right, we're going to do a bit of Charlie on Friday. So you set yourself up, you eat properly, you know, you turn off the phone and you have a big session. But I went to a party with my wife and people were just going, oh, here's a bit of Charlie or here's an E and they were popping them in your mouth and I was dancing away and I just loved it but it just took me so long to recover uh, but normally what I do is um, I get a little bit of Charlie are we allowed to talk about this this is illegal I've just realised yeah it's fine <laughs> I mean there's a policeman there's a policeman waiting yeah, in the back of the old Bill uh, in there, it's just there's it's old just Bill a clever in here, way definitely to, clever way to get a confession but out what of it you. is with me is um, my um, it's fair trade though yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if someone offers you a line of Sonic, you check for the fair trade marker. <laughs> um, but all my kids, my grown-up kids, here's the difference, the generation, none of them take drugs. No. None, they don't smoke, they don't drink, really. So I'm like some old, I think they just go, old there he is, the old granddad, <laughs> with his laudanum. And that's what it's like. But no, I have to go into the bathroom of my own fucking house. <laughs> I'm not sitting around in my house doing a bit of Charlie watching the football or something. I have to go and hide because my kids don't sort of um, 
Well, actually, here, now I'm going to show you this joke. I do do it on stage. I don't want to do my material on stage, but this sums up the relationship between me and my kids. My eldest daughter, she phoned me up about cocaine um, during lockdown, this was. We were talking, she went, Dad, um, and she went, um, you know cocaine? I went, well, of course I do. Why do you think you've always lived in rented accommodation? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I hope you will, right? Go. Should I? Uh, uh, well, well, no, I'm going to. Uh, no, no, don't just walk off. I'll, 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 I'll get a round of applause you and everything. I've, ever, I've never done been interviewed. You've been, before, you do know, it, it's been fantastic. It's gone very fast, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it yeah, has yeah, gone yeah. very fast. Look, great. Good luck with the tour. Go, where can the people find out where you are going on uh, tour? Jeffinnocent.com is my website. Everything's on there. And sorry about those emergency. It's questions, all right. No, they don't always work. I hope we didn't show you up in front of your friends. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the amazing Jeff Innocent. Thank you very much. Go and have a drink. We'll see you in a bit. You have been listening to Rahul Astapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Jeff Innocent. The music is provided by Scan Brigard. I'm indebted to my friend Chris Evans, not that one, and his son Ben Evans, not that one, and all of his family. It's a huge Welsh brood. Thank you to Beckcliffe and George Lingford, and thank you to everyone at the uh, Norwich Playhouse as well. It's been wonderful. This is a Sky Potato Files and Go Faster Stripe.com production. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. Don't drink the milk. No, this isn't a podcast about milk. If you like historical intrigue, a bit of culture, and a sprinkling of controversy, this one's for you. I'm Rachel Stewart, and I'm travelling around Europe, following the hidden history of everyday things as they're exported through time and around the world, by force, by chance, or by choice. No need to pack your bags. Just subscribe to Don't Drink the Milk wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks very much, richardherring.com slash Rahalastapa for those remaining Rahalastapa dates, Rahalastapa, and richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour to find out all the tour dates for my upcoming stand-up. Would love to see you at those ones. Please book tickets if you can. All right, enjoy another podcast. Don't listen to anyone else's podcast but mine. Stay faithful and I'll see you on the next one. Bye.